Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Ricky Wilde, and you're listening to Unsung Heroes. Sorry it's been a while since the last release, but it's just been a bit of a weird year. With the, what, the whole COVID thing, it's just, it's kind of um, thrown me a little bit. I think it's thrown everybody, isn't it? I don't know. But um, anyway, so obviously coming up to Christmas, um, I was chatting with Lee. And Lee said, how about we do a podcast of the album Wild Winter Songbook, which we recorded uh, like seven years ago, I think. But obviously we re-release it every Christmas pretty much, you know, and with different packages. And this year we've got the, the new white vinyl, which looks, you know, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, so we thought we'd have a chat about it. We've not actually documented talking about each track. So we tracked down Kimmy, um, bless her, she popped over to the studio, um, socially distanced, of course. Yeah, so there was me, Lee and Kim, and we were just chatting about the album and the inspiration behind it, where all the ideas came from. It was a lovely chat, and it was lovely to see Lee again. Yeah, so let's get straight into it. So um, take it away, Lee. Hello everyone, it's Lee Bennett here on Ricky Wilde's Unsung Heroes. We are back for a festive Christmas special. I have Ricky Wilde and a very special guest in Miss Kim Wilde with us. Uh, we are talking all things Christmas. Welcome to you both. How are you, Lee? And what a, it's going to be a lovely Christmas, hopefully. It's, um, I know it's been a bit of a strange year, but I'm really hoping that everybody's going to be nice and relaxed. Yeah, and, and I, f- I feel like everyone's gearing up to make it a really special one after this after this year. I really hope so. Um, and I really, oh yeah, I really hope so too. I, I'm certainly going to do everything I can to bring some Christmas cheer. Absolutely. We, we yeah. think of you, I think, as the, the British queen of all things Christmas when oh. it comes to music. Oh, um, wow. I've never had a better compliment than that, Lee. That, that, that's, <laughs> that's what I think of. So what we're going to talk about today, I think, we're going to look at all things wild when it comes to Christmas. There are lots of uh, historic moments from the, from the wild 
career for, uh, that we can talk about in terms of, of Christmas time. Um, of course, we're going to do a bit of a track by track, hopefully, of the the now classic. I think we can call it that, as it's seven years old. The years. Wild Winter Song. Where did those seven years go? Oh, yeah. It feels like yesterday that we recorded yeah, it up yeah. at Rack. Yeah. So let's let's really talk about how each song was chosen and what they mean, because um, I think that would be really good to, to kind of document that. I think at this point in time, as it is now thought of as a classic. Hopefully, we'll talk about all our favourite Christmas music as well in terms of what makes a great Christmas song and why some have stood the the test of time, others that haven't, and maybe pay a nod to one or two that we probably would rather not ever hear again if we could possibly help it. Um, (laughs) But um, in terms of where... I think Christmas started with 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 with, with Kim and with and with you, Ricky. Is probably around Comic Relief in 1987. So Comic Relief, doing a Comic Relief single was was always a big thing back in the day. In yeah. terms of it was a real honour and, and a big thing to happen. And, and you got to work with Mel Smith, Kim. How did that all happen? Well, I only got I only got the gig by default because my name was Kim, and the whole joke was it was Mel and Kim. Um, so, um, but nonetheless, you know. It was an incredible honour, like you say, to be involved in that situation, working with those people, Richard Curtis and Brian Elton, and um, uh, you know, just an amazing team of very clever, very focused people. Was the song chosen already when you got involved, or did you have any input into rocking around the Christmas tree? That's what we're talking about. Yeah, no, they had already chosen it, and um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, it was a, an honour to do it. Now we, uh, I think. I think it was Stuart Coleman who produced it. I'm not sure. Um, you have to double-check that. But it was um, produced in, in a really um, authentic way. So they had really listened to the original, the Brenda Lee one, and they had really really sort of mimicked it a lot to, for it to sound very uh, retro. And uh, I really liked that. They'd done it with a lot of love and a lot of care from a production level. Yeah. And it sounded great. The record sounded really good. And you got to dig out some vintage dresses for, for yeah, the video yeah. and the performances. But yeah, we made the video and... and um, Curiosity uh, of the Cat, I Curiosity of the Cat turned up. Yeah. That was really cute. I had quite a crush on him. Everyone loved Ben. He was such a <laughs> cutie woodie. And um, so, yeah, that, it was shot in a little terrace house and it was all a bit cramped. And, you know, as I say, you know, Richard Curtis, who's now a bloody yeah. legend, was floating around, you know, pointing me. Weirdly, um, I, when I looked back at photographs of of the day which are a bit of a blur I have to say but an alien turns yeah, up at one point and um, there's a huge alien that I'm standing next it's to a sign. it was a sign I feel it was <laughs> working with Mel of course a legend had the energy of 20 21 year olds um was just going at 100 mile an hour all the time maybe that's why he's no longer here I mean uh, you know that man had so much uh, energy lost for life um, There's just, a hilarious um, bit at the end of the video, I don't know if you remember it, where Griff, his comedy partner, comes on. Yes. Because the bit at the beginning of the video is him wishing to meet you for as his kind of Christmas dream. And then at the end, Griff closes his eyes and says, well, all I want for Christmas is Bananarama, hoping that the three of them turn up and no, nothing happens. <laughs> 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 it's just, you know, sorry, mate, and on they move. So. <laughs> 
um, yeah, so that was a great moment in my in my career. In retrospect, I never thought that the song would like carry on being a hit, though. I just thought that was for that year, you know. And I had no idea that we had just started something that was never going to end. Yeah. Um, I, I remember that was the first year that they did the the, the nose, you know, the, the clown nose. nose, and um, and obviously they they wanted everybody to be wearing clown noses. <laughs> like Kim, do you mind wearing a clown nose? <laughs> <laughs> it must have been so odd for you to be. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, you yeah. Like loads of photos taken with clown noses. Yeah, lots of. Yeah, I, I think I was on the front cover of Smash Hits wearing a clown nose. I think it was with <laughs> Carol Deacon. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it was a lovely, I mean, an amazing setup and still going strong. So, you still relief. enjoy amazing. singing when you get to perform it now? Still, still well, enjoyable? The, yeah, I love singing it now because um, I'm really proud that it's that my name's associated with that song. And and it's a joy to sing. It's a really joyful song, yeah. and it really suits my voice. Um, so yeah, I love rocking around the Christmas tree. Yes, lovely. Um, we're going to skip forward a few years, and I'm not quite sure how this feels as a memory for you at this point. Or indeed, how much of it you'll even remember based on what we're about to talk about. <laughs> but there's um, there's a, a now infamous YouTube clip. I have to say, it, it's it's Ricky's contribution to it that I especially adjo- enjoy. At the point when he sort of wobbles backwards against <laughs> the train wall so we're talking about a, a journey home i believe from a from a oh, yes, i think the words yes. kim used in an interview once was over refreshed christmas party yeah. um tell us tell us how that came to be and and, and what went on on that infamous well, train journey shall i shall i say yeah go for okay, it okay well um, i got a phone call from kimmy and she said um look we've got the magic fm christmas party coming up and they want me to sing a couple of songs um do you fancy just like getting the guitar and we'll just have a little sing song do a couple of numbers and then we'll and uh, i know they've got some free cocktails there and i said well that, that's that <laughs> sold for me. <laughs> ding, 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 for me. <laughs> so um so yeah so we uh we went up by train and i had my acoustic guitar and um and we got there and it was i mean co- the cocktails were like it, it was ridiculous light cheese yeah. were lychee. involved lychee cocktails yeah, very lychee strong cocktails. oh but so tasty <laughs> so tasty and so so available drinkable so, yeah. so available <laughs> drinkable <laughs> so um, so yeah so we started on them so we had a couple i think before we did the numbers so and then we got up and did a couple of numbers i think didn't we yeah it was great and it was really lovely Lovely. vibe it was in one of the some nightclub or something and lots of people wearing the antlers yeah lots of antlers i remember that so just as um, we left i thought i'll have a pair of them thank you very much someone had left their antlers when they'd gone to the loo maybe or something but bear in mind we we after we finished our little set yeah we were there for a good hour or two hours oh yes we put in the we definitely put in the hours Rick. <laughs> we put in the hours didn't we <laughs> and um yeah so we uh, so there was lots of lots of cocktails consumed uh, by that well, we, you know we what? We'd had a really long year, and um, we'd worked really hard, and we were really demob. You know, um, we had a lot of gigs, a lot of travelling, a, a lot of things were going on that year, and we really, literally, apart from Rick, of course, let our hair down. <laughs> and um, <laughs> took and your we hair got off. The, well, it was our <laughs> last. It was also our last moment to have a little sing song, wasn't it? So it yeah. was kind of we were embracing that the whole Christmas thing uh, very, very much. 
So we go from Kim stealing someone's antlers on the way out. I, I appropriated some antlers that yeah. I saw didn't have a home. And, <laughs> um, and then we got in a taxi and we got to King's Cross. I remember we somehow managed to eat something in some restaurant. God only knows. I wish we had film of that. There might be some CCT cameras somewhere that would be Hopefully worth not. finding out. And then we um, somehow, I, God only knows how we managed to get on the right train, Rick. Mm, well, that's a miracle in itself. That was a total... That was a Christmas miracle. That was I a think. Christmas miracle. <laughs> yeah. And then they just kept on happening. And then we got on the pl- on the train and, and I, you know, I turned around to Rick with wearing antlers, of course, and I just said, look, it's Christmas, you got a guitar. How often is this going to happen, Rick? We've got a carriage full of people who are just going to be faces planted into their phones. Why don't we just bring some Christmas cheer to all the people here? <laughs> and uh, Rick said, I remember him looking at me going, are you sure? <laughs> Even as drunk sure, as he idea. was, are you, you sure? sure? sure. And I said, "Come on, Rick." Come it was on. the way he was trying to maintain his balance that I found very <laughs> enjoyable when I watched that clip back because he's very much going forwards <laughs> and back. I mean, he fell I over. Mean, it's hard enough to stand on a train wearing a guitar whilst playing. Drunk. Anyway, I mean, let alone when you're when you're pissed out your head. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was. Um, there were a couple of moments where I did. Um, there's one hilarious moment where I actually did. Fall you over. Did, yeah. you do go and, and these you. um and these poor couple sitting down managed really? to just hold me and just sort of yeah. like push me up again. It was just oh, so British the way that everybody the second that you, you started to address people, everybody's head went straight down into the lap. Like, don't look oh. at me, please don't make eye contact with me. I know, and it was one of those moments where in my head I could hear everything I was saying, but when they <laughs> by the time they got down to my mouth they weren't coming out very well at all. Really badly. So you get home and let's rewind more? a bit because yeah. at okay. this point this very sweet lady at the back of the of the carriage starts filming and I'm thinking even in my over-refreshed <laughs> sotted state there thinking couple, oh it doesn't few matter people filming I think weren't there well I think it might I have just I, been I think there was a couple of phones sort of going around oh, okay anyway, but she was one of them yeah well at that point I just thought in for a penny in for a pound you know this is we've we've don't we've dived in let's just go for it let's really sink as fast as we can <laughs> and I saw her filming and then I yeah, and that's exactly the attitude. We got them. Mandy, Rick's wife, picked us up from the station. We poured ourselves into the car, got home, and then all of a sudden it became very obvious that what we'd done <laughs> had reached the uh, attention of the whole bloody world. So did you wake up the next day to this news in terms of... Well, my husband, who's like very, you know, he was going on there, he said, Kim, something's going on on YouTube. You really... Kim? And then I'd be upstairs, Kim! And then, like, this was like another 10,000 Kim another 80,000 I'm thinking oh my god oh my god what did we do what did we say I, I, I think we must have done something else than I thought we did and then I started getting really paranoid I thought this is literally well, anything I have, could have dug happened, my own really. grave here I mean, I've dug myself out of a career that one that I have nurtured since I was 20 yeah. years old is going to go down the pan in one fails you know set of lychee cocktails was Max yes. Clifford still around to ring at that point to kind of say I think we might have a bit of a PR issue on our hands 
anyway. We so had, it, was a bit, it was a bit scary. How I mean, did it, the how did the families react when it when you're suddenly on Sky News and mum and I would, dad I was, are the phone was just going bazonkers. It was just everyone was phoning and saying, "What what on earth were you doing? You know what what what's happened? You know," and no one could believe it. I, I mean, no, this I is think all especially us. for me, I, you know, I don't I've never been sort of known as a wild party animal, and then to suddenly be on there with antlers <laughs> completely sotted was you know just a bit of a shock to everyone but what a wonderful that, response amazing, though wasn't it amazing people response. were it, it's endeared you yeah rather than putting people off i think in terms of the reaction was good honor that seemed yeah. to be the general I mean, to get on sky news as well yeah. you know it yeah, was I mean, like ridiculous honestly it was like a bit of a, one of those it was a bit like being in love actually you know where the guy gets up and he's got uh, you know nothing on and he's singing the christmas song and it goes to number one and christmas yeah. is all around and all that stuff yeah, it was yeah. it was sort of like that it felt it was, like we yeah. were in a love actually yeah, scene that, that, that got left on the cutting floor <laughs> yeah. and um so yeah and then yeah. of course the the whole thing bless uh, Casey Eames, you know, she got in touch with us and said, "I've got this on film, and I'm not going to put it out unless you unless you're okay with it." Which I thought was so sweet mm. of her to do. And uh, we, Rick and I, we had a chat about it, and we said, "Oh, sod it, you know, we've really come this far." You know, it, it felt like a, a race that couldn't be, you know, you couldn't hold this horse back. Did you watch it first before saying? No, that? I just thought in for a penny. I mean, okay. if I had seen it first, I probably would have said no, <laughs> because if you know the stuff, the talking stuff was just so humiliating. <laughs> really humiliating but oh, anyway fun, yeah. out it went huge yeah. views and uh, worries about how it would be perceived um worries that were unfounded as it turned out bless all the great people who made us feel like it was just a fun christmas thing to do and i will say to my you know this is why i have a, a great fondness for antlers because I, I believe the only reason i got away with it is because i was wearing them <laughs> oh absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> that was definitely yeah, it was yeah, the antlers yeah. So how soon after that experience, obviously there's no opportunity to to capitalise in terms of your sudden, you know, newfound fame again as a result of this in terms of doing something creatively with it. How soon after that did the seed plant around, we can do something with this? It was quite soon because it was kind of... um, January. Yeah, I think we recorded the album in straight February. after that, didn't yeah, we? In, in, in the, during the summer, actually, and, um, uh, and we, yeah, yeah we, we kind of summer. like had a plan to to have a nice Christmas album come out because we've never done that before, mm. and it just seemed like a good time because of that happening, and um, because how uh, such a wonderful response we had, and we thought, well, let's let's just let's embrace it and yeah. let's run with it. So so then we just spent the whole of the summer recording um, a Wild Winter Songbook, and it was yeah, it was a how, how do you approach it in terms of the studio vibe? Because I've seen other artists when talking about making a Christmas record say they've got to make a studio environment that makes them feel like it's Christmas. Did that matter to you guys? Did yes, you... it did. I mean, some photographs from so. the album, you can see we put decorations up. I took a great big picture of Santa Claus, didn't I, Rue? Yeah. We had lights and all kinds of little snowmen hanging around the uh, Johnny's drums. And, uh, yeah, it was wonderful to get the band really involved um, and get them in playing Stevie P on the... On on the on, on the piano and Neil on the guitar and get Scarlett in doing her beautiful backing vocals and yeah. uh, Johnny A on the drums and uh, it was just beautiful, wasn't it? It was a really it was a magical time. What influence did did, did you draw on? Because I seem to remember at the time you you kind of hinted to fans that this might be happening and I think you said to them, you know, tell me about your favourite Christmas music. What what 
motivated you musically in terms of what were you going for? If there was another album that you thought that's the one we kind of want to pitch at, was there something you were going for? I'll I'll throw in that Tracy Thorne's Christmas mm. album is one that's got a similarly yeah. warm but darkness to yeah. it. Well, we wanted we wanted it to sound very organic and very earthy. You know, really earthy. And that's what I love about it. It's just got this yeah. lovely honesty. Well, certainly about we it. wanted it live. We yeah. wanted our musicians on it. Um, so from that point, yeah, very organic and earthy. And um, I mean, from my point of view, um, I started writing it quite early um, in January, and just got on the piano. I think I wrote one was one of the first songs I wrote, and the other one was uh, Burn Gold, which is another song I wrote with my husband. And then in between that. Ricky and I were, Rick would send me over a beautiful backing track. Like I remember one night, in the middle of the night, he sent me over um, New Life, um, just the music. And I literally had written all the lyrics by the next morning, hadn't mm, I, Rick? Mm. And I phoned him up in the morning. I said, oh, my God, this, this music just kept me up all night. Um, there are so many great stories about all the songs that happened. Let's I talk mean, about them. Let's, let's, yeah. let's do um, it. Well, why don't we go through them? Should we go through them? From the top. Yeah. And how you pick yeah. them as well. So we open the album with Winter Wonderland, which is a duet with Rick Astley on, mm. on the record. Oh, that was so much fun recording that as well. And yeah. I remember recording the vocals with Rick. And yeah. his, uh, um, th- there was one particular time I remember him saying, uh, he says, what about the harmonies on here? He says, I'm not, I'm not very good at harmonies. I said, well, let's give it a go anyway not expecting it to really work and it was spot knacker was it was just oh, yeah. perfect perfect and um yeah and yeah so it's it a lovely experience record his voice is so beautiful beautiful to record really rich just a beautiful tone to it and an obvious song choice in terms of one you always thought this 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 one is in the mix i've always loved it you know since growing up as a little girl there are a few songs on the album that i'd always loved and winter wonderland was one of them there's just something so joyful and and hopeful about the song and and innocent something innocent about it and um yeah so uh, and i could just hear rick singing it and i knew that i would be taking the harmony and that we would let his voice shine and i think it's a really lovely way to start the album it really sets the tone uh, the album is romantic but as you said earlier you know it goes into much sort of slightly more darker places um because christmas is like that it's not all um it's not all christmas trees and christmas lights and and christmas puddings and crackers and jokes you know Obviously, as we all know, Christmas can be a really dark time for a lot of people, really difficult. And, and also a time for reflection, isn't it? And you, a time to, for and, reflection. And appreciating what you have at that. Yeah. So yeah. we wanted to bring all of yeah. that to the table. Mm. We didn't want to... So we just... I think it's it's quite an, uh, a unique album in that sense, that mm. it goes from from hopelessly romantic end to somewhere really very yeah. dark mm. um, in, in the song uh, mm. song for Beryl, yeah. which is a which is really favorite. painful song, actually. So, yeah, it's it has a real... Uh, the roundness of Christmas yeah. in all its elements and Winter Wonderland was a great way to start the album with Rick just a great video, video too filmed in Winter Wonderland yeah, filmed in Winter Wonderland mm. in London which is a place I love going and Rick I love that beautiful video. place that's one of my favourite videos the video videos. is so cute because yeah, we did a video on every so- every yeah. track for that for yeah. album yeah so but that I think that's one of my favourites Rick is just adorable isn't adorable he? he is adorable he's just utterly adorable oh my goodness me so I remember when we made the 
video in Winter Wonderland, I got Rick to go on one of those things that go around really, really yeah, fast. Yeah, like a waltzer or something. Some something. kind of yeah. a waltzer <laughs> thing. And we've been doing some pretty successful <laughs> filming around Winter Wonderland, having a really nice time and having a lovely time together. But then things turn. <laughs> turn quite quickly and he, I, he, I got him on this thing and he said he was a bit nervous about it but I just oh come on I'll be fine we'll be fine fine so we get on as we get off I think there were a few moments where he was thinking about going home <laughs> I think he actually said oh, I can't do this Kim Kim I can't do this I really I really I'm not I'm really not feeling uh, any of this now Kim uh, and I thought oh my god he's actually going to go home he really is. Oh, did you remember you weren't there were you? Oh, oh my god I really thought I'd lost him so I had to kind of cajole him and with, use all my anything wiles <laughs> to get him to stay because he got really motion <laughs> sickness nearly ruined it he, you know he wasn't happy he wasn't happy at all no, well, I'm not surprised yeah, I don't think he I was scared yeah. Paul Rick, and I felt so bad what yeah. I'd done to him anyway that's so that's our first nugget for the day I feel yeah. in terms yeah. of unearthing the, uh, <laughs> the experiences so we move on to that tracks two and three are the first of the original songs Songs, which for me as a wild fan are the kind of the heart of the album yeah um so we have hope first of all which i'm kind of making a one-man campaign to be the christmas anthem for for this year because it resonates lyrically so much in 2020 in terms of everything we've all experienced so talk about how that one came to be hope was i'm trying to think when it was it must have been about 15, maybe even 20 years ago, um, when Kim was having a, a, um, a hiatus out of the industry for a while to bring up um, her lovely children. And um, and so I had a bit of time off, about 10 years. And, um, <laughs> so, and so um, I, I was working with a guy called Mark Cummings, who, who's got an incredible voice. And of we, Electric Penguins. Uh, electric Penguins. Yeah. And um, so we... we done quite a bit of writing and one of the tracks was was hope but it wasn't then it was called and it was christmas time or something i can't remember but we the lyrics were different and um but they they chord structure and and they and the whole the chorus and the melody were pretty much um the same as how it finished up being um and i've always loved the song and nothing had happened with it and and i'd played it to kim and i said look i, th- I think this this could this could really work on the album. I think it's got uh, potential. And um, and Kimmy said, "Well, I I love it, but um, I, I'd like to have a crack at just maybe changing some of the lyrics here and there." And and then she came back with a totally different lyric, which was just transformed it from being a um, a lovely Christmas song to a perfect Christmas song. I think. And uh, I think even now people like to, they're saying, especially at the moment with with everything that's been yeah. going on with uh, the COVID um, situation. Situation, they're saying that it's a lovely message um, of hope. Of hope, yeah. yeah. It is just one of the most perfect songs I think you've done together. Oh, thank, it's, you, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, absolutely. Well, a very, um, we've had a beautiful response of it from it, you know, recently, and they're timeless. I think it's it's so timeless. I think the so way you recorded it, the way that you put it yeah. together, Rick, it's just it's not going to age. I don't no. feel like the record is well, going to age. Well, I think that's, that's why uh, that's one of the reasons why we wanted to record record it all live because we, we wanted it to be ageless and we didn't want it to to have all different production stuff going on. We wanted it to just sound very very. Old. very 
very honest, warm yeah. and yeah. honest yeah, and, yeah. and um and down to earth you know yeah. and i think we we kind of achieved that but the um but it, I, I was just thrilled that the the, the song was going to be used for something because yeah. um, i always believed in it and i always had a, a, a real affection for that song and so i was absolutely thrilled that it's finished up like it was and being on the album so here's a segue for you if ever there was one you gave the song a new life and funnily oh. enough <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, oh you're good, Lee. You're so <laughs> it's good. It's not actually the next song in the order, but I thought I'd take that opportunity yeah. to introduce oh. that one anyway. Yeah, I think you're right that uh, that um, New Life and Hope are at the heart of the album, really. And, um, yeah, New Life, Rick sent me the, uh, like I was just saying, Rick sent me the backing track one evening, I think it was, and I literally yeah. just stayed up. Uh, as soon as I heard it, I knew it was called New Life. Um, we had a situation where um, Rick's son and, and, his, and his partner were having a baby. She was pregnant, Lissy. And our sister, Roxanne, was pregnant also. And uh, so there was a lot of feeling about that. And also we were or had just had, perhaps it was, I can't remember now. Yeah, we had had a family gathering in, in our home in uh, where my husband and I live. And literally every single member of the family were there, including our two pregnant uh, ladies, and took a lovely photograph, which ends up at the end of the video. Um, so there was something so special about that night, wasn't there, Rick? Yeah. In the house. Yeah. Yeah. Every single member, Rick's children, my children, Roxanne, and she hadn't had her children yet, and oh, the whole thing was so magical. Mm. Um, so and the, the, the first thing you hear on on that, um, the first noise you hear is the um, take the sonogram, yeah, the sonogram, yeah, yeah uh, of, 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 of the heartbeat of Ophelia's heart, Ophelia's as it turned out. Yeah. yeah. How did it come yeah. together in the creation process? Was it another one where you came up with the? You had the melody, you sent it to Kim, and Kim added the lyrics in. Yeah, it was pretty much. I mean, we work a lot like that, where I'll be in my studio and I'll come up with kind of melodies or chords. Sometimes I don't even have melodies, I just have like a chord thing, and I'll just uh, say, look, this is an idea, is it worth um, persevering with? And Kim will say, I'm not really feeling it sometimes. And other times she'll say, I've got a lyric, and it sounds great, and it's kind of, uh, that's how it works. Other times I'll put a melody idea that I've got, but uh, sometimes it sticks, other times it doesn't. But the, the love thing that for me is when um, Kim comes back with the lyric it's lovely because Kim will come to the studio then and then we dissect the lyrics and then we sort of like talk well maybe this maybe this could be short and take the ands out maybe do this maybe don't and we and it's kind of it's really collaborative but it's a lovely process isn't it I love I love the whole lyrical process well I remember the new life when I bought the lyrics to Rick which were mostly unchanged from what I gave him but there was one line which was uh, needed changing and that became the, li- the line of um, when you come outside you're in for one rock and roll crazy ride <laughs> and that, that, that I'd written something else and Rick said I th- think that could be a better line and we came up with it together didn't we and we yeah. said come on let's just write it how it is you know um, but it is, it's, it's a very li- you line it's, it's a very uh, us yeah, line yeah, yeah. and it's, uh, it's it, uh, no I'm so proud of that song and even now I get very emotional well not, well, not emotional but I, get, I get, always get goosebumps when Whenever oh, I, I play it, you know, yeah. even when we uh, uh, recorded it the other day. I love to it. sing. It's a great it's song lovely. to sing. It's a wonderful song to sing. Yeah. And then Scarlett came up with this beautiful um, sort of playground back, backing vocals at the end. Sounds like children are in a playground singing nursery rhymes. And she just kind of uh, sort of injected that feeling of, of youth and chi- of mm. children in a playground. I love that. Um, yeah. Scarlett's so vocals on that. Her, just, her, her, her backing superb. vocals on it are 
amazing the way they soar right at the end when they just go somewhere quite stratospheric and Mm. um, so she really shone on the album the whole album Mm. her vocals just brought this beautiful like angelic quality like a light and so much a light so much yeah Mm. it was really like like a spell she cast a spell on on the album with her beautiful backing vocals a really important ingredient she really was yeah integral yeah so if I kept to the running order, which I was meant to, one would be the next song we were talking about, which is another beautiful, mm. beautiful song. From the opening bars, you know you're in for something special. Oh, that's lovely to hear. Thank you, Lou. Well, um, I, I wrote that at home on my piano um, just after Christmas. It's one of the first songs that I wrote for the album, and it's when I really decided that's what I really wanted to do. I wanted to make this album. Um, so I just started playing chords, and I was very inspired, as you mentioned before, uh, about from Tracy Thorne's album, Tinsel and Lights. And I, a beautiful song that she wrote on that called Joy, which is one of my all-time favourite Christmas songs, and I just thought, if I can write something as beautiful as that, I'll be very, very happy. Um, so I set the bar extremely high, and I just got my hands on the piano and wrote one. And yeah, and it turned out it turned out really as well as I hoped it would. Um, that the lyrics were very much um, about Christmas, about you know Christmas's past and bringing them all to the present. Um, that line about one by one out from the box they yeah, come. But I love Christmas love decorations and I keep them all very carefully. I put them away very carefully every year. I have ones that remind me of Christmas markets in Germany, of ones that people have given me, fans have given me, beautiful ones of aliens and, and <laughs> uh, you know, just lovely pieces are very personal. I think Christmas decorations have a, a lot of potency and a lot of power and, and I really love them. And when I, you know, slip off this mortal coil, it will be my box of Christmas decorations that will be the most coveted uh, thing that I would, you know, be handing down. But um, that's a bit morbid. But anyway, so yeah, um, (laughs) one was a song written about... Going through life with my husband Hal, really, and and it talked about Christmas is going through. I mean, sometimes it's tough at Christmas, you know. Oh, I get quite. <laughs> <laughs> I remember trying to record the vocal on that was an, an yeah. absolute nightmare because she just kept crying all the time. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Well, life, you know. I mean, it, you know, it's um, uh, you know. <laughs> it's not always a box of celebrations and quality street, is it? Perfect Christmas decoration. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's really tough and and uh, yeah so it touched on that but it didn't kind of wallow in it which yeah. takes us nicely to have yourself a merry little christmas so exactly and why yeah. why that one well again it's another c- christmas classic song i just absolutely love and um it's been done by so many different artists and so many different ways mm. you know um and and it can be uh, it's such a hopeful song but it comes from a place of of you know again it can it can come from a place of a lot of pain and you kind of oh god this has set me off again <laughs> 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 um you know just that you know people go go do have t- really difficult times mm. one way or another 
and that song really just holds on you know it holds on to all the good things that life can be and it talks about them in such a sweet way mm. um, so it had to be on the album um, it was a real challenge actually because it has been done so immaculately mm. by so many great great singers so in many ways it was quite daunting taking it on and it's one of the songs actually that Ricky and I actually had to really rework a bit to make it work. Oh, Do you the, remember we yeah, had a bit of an issue? There's, um, there's with a some middle of the section yeah. um, where, where it changes the time signature and it goes into a totally different kind of um, vibe and, and we were d- to transition into it and out of it back into the song again was quite, took a while to, to organise and to, to um, yeah. work out. I think out of yeah. all the songs, that was the one that it, we had to yeah. be. We had to rein in some ideas that weren't working. We had to elbow some stuff that definitely didn't work. Yeah. I mean, it was one of the, because it's such a classic, it was one of the ones that needed the most yeah. attention. But yeah. I think we really nailed it. In yeah, yeah. It's it, a it, gorgeous it, That was definitely the hardest um, one to record and to arrange. It ended up sounding, and this isn't a criticism, it's a compliment, really. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Simplistic. Yeah. But yeah. it sounds interestingly like it wasn't simplistic to make, right. but the, the end result is one that seems really natural. Yeah. Like it was yeah. meant to be that way. Exactly. I think that's a really important point as well. I think very often it, uh, something that sounds really effortless um, it isn't at all and sometimes yeah. I listen to records I'm sure Ricky does, I'm sure you do Lee and you think, oh that sounds like really really straightforward, you know it couldn't have been much to get that together and then you know that is a song that took, you know, especially if it's a beautiful one that you love would have been forever in the making and, and, mm. and the care and the attention um, and that was one of those songs for the Nick album. Kershaw does that a lot, Nick, Nick has got this, this knack of coming up with incredible complicated songs but they just sound so simple 
Yeah. And he's a master at that. He's a master at that. Are you good, both of you, at knowing when to stop in terms of when to stop tinkering? Because I know Jesse, who that we've talking, spoken to from La Avenue, is constantly going back to the tour track and back and back and back, always thinking there's something else. Are you pretty good at knowing when no, it's time yeah. to the, the, That park album it? in particular, uh, that, that, is, that isn't the case on a lot of albums, but on this album, we knew instantly yeah. that, it was a, that it was finished. We knew the moment it was finished, it, it was finished. Yeah. And that was... Uh, I've got no regrets about it. I've got. No, I don't listen to it now and think. I oh, wish you know I'd have done that. The only one thing I would wish we'd done, which we did live, is on New Life, and the way we ended it with the guitars kind of just like sliding down. And it would have been nice if we'd just gone back uh, yeah, into it yeah, yeah. and just had me going la 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 la. Yeah, that would have yeah, been yeah. so nice at the yeah. end. So that's the only thing that's I listen to. That's the only thing you can find. Although I like, I like the way it finishes yeah, on the yeah, album as well because you expect that. Yeah. You expect it to go somewhere and it doesn't and, that it, and that's the kind of that's yeah, what I love that's, I love it's got that. that rawness to it you're right yeah. so there you go so one of the next ones is probably a less obvious choice in terms of when you were looking for covers and it's two very talented female singer-songwriters Sarah Bareilles and Ingrid Michaelson it's their song Winter Song yeah well Winter Song actually as it turned out was a song that I first heard when I went to a show at my kids' school and I remember they did a dance routine and I was sat in the audience and Winter Song came on um, and it, it blew me away and I just went straight home, looked it up and I thought, wow, this is, you know, I just put it on in the file like one day when I make an album, this this uh, winter album, this will be on it. It's a lovely song. It's a beautiful song and, and I've always been a fan of Imogen Heap as well. Um, there's a song that she had called Hide and Seek um, and it just had this vocoder with her singing but with a vocoder and the whole song was kind of carried by that and it just sounded so beautiful and I just thought it would be a beautiful thing to try on that particular track and um, and it just sounded perfect with Kim And singing. a big fan of uh, Imogen Heap is Ariana Grande who involved Imogen in her um, concert that she did after the awful Manchester bombing and Hide and Seek I think is one of the songs yeah. that they actually uh, performed back then and um, so, so that's a, that's a lovely song to choose. Um, White Winter Hymnal. How did that come to be? Obviously, Dad and Scarlet with some gorgeous harmonies. Yeah, I first heard that song when uh, watching Glastonbury one year. It can't have been that long ago, before, you know, before the album had been done, and maybe the summer before. And loving that song and loving Fleet Fleet. F- f- Fleet Foxes. <laughs> Loving Fleet Foxes. Fleet, 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 Fleet Foxes because I was old. Um, yeah, Fleet Foxes and loving their harmonies and um, always loved harmonies. You know, we were brought up to love harmonies and uh, you know listening to the Beach Boys and yeah. Carpenters and you know we, we, you know anyone who who embraces harmonies. Um, we would listen to Queen did Dad take Abba. Some, did Dad take some convincing to do a Fleet Foxes song? Dad took a song. lot of convincing. I think. I, I think you know. He, he probably would have thought, oh, Kim's... Well, you know, he knew we were going to make a Christmas album. He probably was thinking Winter Wonderland or something. And I wanted to make sure... I wanted to, I wanted it to, to do something that wasn't predictable and something that would take him into sort of dangerous waters. And I still think that I still would love to make an album with Dad like that, like Johnny Cash mm. did, and do really unconventional songs for Marty Wilde to do. And so that's somewhere to go in the future. But certainly we wanted to just rein him in on that one. 
one. Quite a dark subject, dark song, wonderful harmonies, beautiful production, got to say, by Ricky Wilde. Gangland stabbing, I think that's about. Is that what it's about? I think so, yeah. <laughs> it's, there's, just, it's, there's something in the DNA, though, with the four of you singing together that just sounds otherworldly. You couldn't recreate it if you tried with other people being involved. It's just a natural sound that you could never I, I think, um, achieve. It was nice getting Dad out of his comfort zone. Yeah. And, yeah. Because... Um, I, I, actually, that's something Jake says to me. Jake, Jake Wood, who does the podcast with this, he always says that um, when you're out of your comfort zone, that's where the gold is. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's so true. That's what Bowie uh, said as well. And, and yeah, absolutely true. Yeah. And it's lovely to see Dad embrace it and actually go for it, you know, and it's great. And, and, and when we do sing together, yeah, it's, it's, it's a unique thing that it's, you, you, you can't learn that. Really, it just happens, you know. We're we're lucky in that we've we've um, got to be something you've been brought up with, isn't it? To to recognise. Yeah, I think we just know each other so well. Mm. We know all how how we all sing and, and and our ranges and stuff. And it's you just slip into harmonies and stuff quite easily. It's it's not a hard process for us. And the next one is Burn Gold, which you sing with your husband. Yeah, Burn Gold started off on the piano. It was one of the first songs for the World Winter Songbook Project, and it was an idea that. I was playing around with just after Christmas in winter time, and I was picking up. I wanted to. I was creating a motif that sounded like snow falling, and then taking it from that into nature. Um, of course, we're very lucky. We're surrounded by where we are: beautiful trees and hawthorn hedges, and and the moon and the birds and the cold nights, and sometimes some frost and sometimes some snow. Um, and then I then Hal heard it, and there was a poem he'd written, and we combined the two together and we made something really rather lovely with his vocals and his poetry and my music and then the electric penguins got hold of it and popped it up a bit did a beautiful remix which we also put on the album and um so yeah and then we embraced my one of my favorite uh, winter carols which is um silent night and brought that into it as well it's a lovely song. Mm. Uh, my personal favourite is up next, which is Song for Beryl. Um, pretty dark subject matter. How did that one come Again, come that, to was, that was a song that I wrote with Mark uh, Cummings. Uh, the melody, um, it, was, it originally had different lyrics. It was written, yeah, when Kim was going through, uh, uh, having a little bit of time out to bring her kids up. And, um, and it was, yeah, it, I always believed in the song. I always just thought it, 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 it was a lovely melody and a lovely song. And so I but with a very different lyrical content, presumably. Yeah, yeah, totally different. The barrel um, didn't exist in that way. No, no, no. no. This is written way before um, I think we even any of us met Beryl, and um, so it was. Uh, yeah, it, I just had a, for some reason it just. It, I remembered it. It came back to me, and I just thought it looked. It sounded lovely on the album, so I sent the uh, sent the song over to Kimmy, and obviously the she said that the the lyrics needed changing, and um, and then she took it away and came back with probably one of the best lyrics mm. on the album. I think it's beautiful. How did you approach it, Kim? Yeah, I mean, you know, Beryl was uh, an old family, a family friend of many years, and um, she was quite a complex person in many ways, and um, she could be a 
piece of work sometimes as well, especially when she's had a few wines down her. But we loved her dearly. And um, she lived in the sheltered accommodation locally. And we got to share life with her. You know, somehow our lives just became... Com- it started off with a gardening project at the sheltered accommodation that I was involved with organising. And then I met her and then she became a friend. And then um, before I knew it, I was sort of <laughs> totally involved in her life. You know, I got involved in a few hospital visits and um, all kinds of extended issues that were going on around her being more or less on her own and old and living in sheltered accommodation. So, And it was a, an honour to do that for her and we were living locally and we had a nice time with her and then when she passed away of course it was very sad and I wanted to honour her and um, remind everyone that she, you know, Beryl was around, she was a big character in the village um, and I like to think that a lot of people in the village will have that album and they will say oh that's that song about old Beryl yeah. you know, she used to prop the bar up a bit old Beryl <laughs> and I helped her on many things but it's one of those songs that's got you know as I say sort of shadows and light to it it's 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 melancholic obviously but as you say it also pays tribute in a positive way and then when you two begin to harmonize it brings a whole light to a relatively dark song at the same time, which is almost like the whole message for the album, really, in terms of there's darkness in it. It's as you've as you said before, Christmas can be a difficult time for people, but also it's a hopeful time, and that one song manages to to nail both emotions. Yeah. I think yeah. I like to think so. I mean, I did think when I was writing it, it was quite dark and personal and uh, raw, mm. um, but uh, it just felt like the right way to write it. And um, and when Rick's the lyrics he felt the same way and uh, and I, do, I agree I think our vocals just lift it from yeah. from somewhere very very sad um, it just reminds you her life was joyful too yeah. you know she wasn't just on her own at Christmas mm. you know she had a real lovely time sometimes and but there are lonely moments at Christmas and a lot of old people get very lonely at Christmas and it's 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 as well to remember that yeah. and there's no winter album without snow so we have a couple of snow themed songs coming up the first being let it snow which was obviously always going to be in the mix. Oh, it's a beautiful yeah. song, isn't it? It's a classic. And, um, yeah, uh, again, Scarlett's vocal on that is, is just absolutely beautiful. Oh, gosh, yeah, just beautiful. I mean, Scarlett mm. just sprinkled her magic over the whole album and she no, doesn't sound any more angelic than she does on Let It Snow. Mm. And then Let It Snow became a little bit jazzy too, you know. I kind of channeled my Julie London, a love of Julie London, which is uh, what an amazing artist. Cry- And her Mm. albums, of which I had many during the 80s, and she was a um, a big influence on me in many ways, actually. But I have never never managed really to channel her very much, and so I totally channeled her. Some big jazz moments, yeah. All a bit jazzy. Too jazzy for Ricky, of course, who doesn't do jazz. (laughs) Too many chords I can't play. (laughs) But your voice has that smokiness to it in the lower register, which lends itself to. I'd like to do a lot more singing. Jazz, yeah. We We can see you in a 60s style nightclub the you dress know, and the everything. smoke the dress <laughs> yeah. ricky on double bass <laughs> i can see it bit of a 
bit Rick of a can't hat. See it, but no. I'll, 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 get a, I'll take him there. I'll we'll, take him there one we'll day. We'll get you there somehow. I'll try. And then, of course, the, the song that seems to be the one that everyone comes back to every year from the album and Radio 2 absolutely love is Hey Mr. Snowman, which yeah. is, is hey very Mr. different for the, for the album. Yeah, cute I thought video, she, too. Oh, yeah, really cute. Our dog Jess is in that. Yeah. <laughs> and our fantastic guitarist, Neil Jones, is in that. So yeah. that's a Kimmy creation. Oh, funny, hey, Mr. funny story Snowman. about the um, about that video is um, they wanted to use a green screen in the back so that they could uh, um, superimpose different backgrounds and stuff. And so they recorded the whole thing. And Neil had a jumper with green stuff on it. And so it, his... his <laughs> It interrupted with everything, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. So then we had to record the whole thing again. And, 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 uh, anyway, that was a long old... Silly old nearly poo. Silly old nearly poo. And so, yes, uh, Hey Mr Snowman is a song that sort of just popped into my head one cold winter's night um, and I remember running down to my computer all the lyrics were there they just wrote themselves uh, it was as if someone had just kind of slotted something into my brain and I literally just went and wrote it, wrote it all out and played, sang it to Rick who looked at me with a slight, I would say a look of pity, slight pity in yeah, his face. Yeah, I, I felt sad He felt sorry, a bit <laughs> worried about finally me finally lost it. I, yeah. I had finally gone there and um, yeah and then I sort of uh, also the Andrew sisters of whom I'm always a huge fan and I remember I had a four track in my in my apartment in London at the beginning of the 80s when I started trying to teach myself how to write songs and I one of the songs that I took on was Boogie Woogie, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy and I analysed all the, the the harmonies and then I put them all down and then I, I was, it was one of the most fun things I ever did I really I, enjoyed I, it I remember recording all those harmonies as well because they're quite intricate mm. the, the harmonies on that and so um, there's uh, this wonderful thing on uh, the sequencer that I use um, it's an app called Logic Pro X and you can record your vocal in but then you can copy that vocal and make a harmony from it so you can tune it up so and so what I did is I tuned it up and I worked out the first harmony which is the high harmony and then I did the same thing copied it down and worked out the second harmony and then I muted all the other vocals and just listened to the lower one and then I learnt that as a new melody right. in my in my head and Scarlett did the same for the high harmony and then when we got together to actually sing it properly then we had kind of like we've all got three different melodies in our head so Kim has the lead vocal obviously and and um, me and Scarlett have two totally different melodies yeah that totally seen. different melodies it wasn't like they just had to pitch a third <laughs> yeah. um, you know like normal I mean this was a whole other place to go but on, it, it on really level. does make you think how the, the the Andrew sisters used to work their harmonies out I mean and when you listen to genius. them they sound so easy so they just sound like that it sounds throwaway almost hey yeah, Mr Snowman really like you know just there it was yeah. and often actually, that's how it is with yeah. when you hear something that sounds so easy to do yeah. it's so, so easy on the ear yeah. and you just don't know how much has gone into that to make that moment sound so effortless yeah. um, you know and that's the same in all creative spheres you know it's like yeah. food and painting and everything yeah. why do you, you think know, that's a lot comes with it th- why is it that one do you think that Radio 2 particularly picked that one up what's it about that song that you think I stands out I think it's out? just so much fun yeah. it's just so so it just encapsulates such Makes a 
wonderful feeling that you feel over Christmas, all the good bits. It's all the good bits of Christmas, yeah, yeah and the fun, silly stuff, you yeah. know, which is yeah. a, a very, you know, important part of Christmas too. Mm. And I think also because it's so, so retro, and mm. a lot of people said to me, it sounds like a song that was a hit mm. back then that just got found yeah, absolutely. Um, in the archives. Mm. And it makes you feel like there's snow everywhere, even though there isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going full circle to talk about rocking around the Christmas tree because obviously it makes an appearance on Wild Winter Songbook, but this time it's with Nick Kershaw. Yeah, bless Nick. Well, we've worked with Nick over many years, toured with him in Australia and, and the UK, uh, become really good friends with him. Um, we're huge fans of him, were huge fans in the 80s and have become even more so in his new recent work of the last few albums he's done, quite amazing. And his new album, Oxymoron, which is just ut- utterly beautiful, preceded also by a beautiful album called Eight. So his songwriting just gets stronger and more beautiful as years pass and the things that he writes about too. Anyway, we've always loved him love his voice love his talent um weren't sure that he would love the idea of singing rocking around the christmas tree um just wasn't sure that it would be up his strasser quite frankly (laughs) and so rick sent him the track and um to our utter delight, he came back and and then Rick prized a few wonderful guitar solos out of him. Yeah, yeah. We, we asked him to, to record the, the guitar solo. It kind of made sense if he was singing it. He should be doing the solo as well. And um, and he came back with two solos and both, were them, both of them were absolutely beautiful and I just didn't know what to do. So I just chopped it in half and used the first half of the first solo and the second half of the second solo. And um, so that's how it finished and you up being recreated that famous train journey as well in the video we did. for this. We did yeah, we, we rented a disused railway uh, carriage um, fairly locally, somewhere in Essex, I think it was. And we all turned up and made Christmas uh, on that train where Rick and I got drunk and filmed. We recreated the whole thing sober, absolutely sober. <laughs> And uh, managed to get Nick Herschel wearing, uh, yeah, wearing antlers, which which was really surprised me actually that he, I mean, literally he almost snatched them off me when I got them out. <laughs> so um, yeah, and we invited Kay Seams who had videoed us originally in our drunken state and had put it on the internet, and then thereafter, what three million views or something crazy like that. And so we turned the tables and we got her on the train and we filmed her. Um, and that was lovely. We still keep in contact every Christmas, Case, and we always we exchange a little messages, don't we, every yeah, year. Yeah. And so, yeah, she started off something amazing. She certainly did. Um, we talked about it being a classic record already at seven years old. I think we can call it that. So there's been a couple of versions of it now. We've had a deluxe version and this year we have an absolutely st- stunning vinyl version of it which i believe you might not yet have had your hands on but i have and it's lovely i can tell you oh i love that it's absolutely gorgeous it's a white white wintry vinyl it is absolutely gorgeous um but for the deluxe from a couple of years back we've added a few tracks so we started off with the Freiheit classic keeping the dream alive yeah always been a beautiful song and and we we love that but we touched upon the harmony stuff that we we really rocks our boat and um yeah and very complex harmonies on that Mm, song too actually and and it's such a lovely again really simple melody 
but it's such a beautiful song and, and lyrically it was just and uh, a lovely, lovely video lovely. which is a homage to your relationship as brother and sister with some it's super amazing. old some footage old, um, f- cine camera stuff of my, that, that dad took of us as small babies as toddlers as slightly older children um, moments in our in our professional life and and it just made a beautiful story of of where we've been and where we were going and where we have maybe hopefully yet to go and that's why keeping the dream alive means such is so important to us and we dedicated that video to mickey most who who first saw no first first realized ricky's huge potential as a writer and producer and um so yes the story goes on it's the pop don't stop message isn't it i definitely see in that one in terms of keeping the dream alive then we have a beautiful song which again feels to me like a a bit of a a here come the aliens precursor assisted maybe with rosetta which is isabel's dream yeah isabel's dream was inspired um obviously by the music which ricky came up with which is just took took you somewhere into a dream really um and i had recently um acquired a book that i'd had as a child and, and it was a book that got me through quite a tricky time in our lives we we, we found ourselves at, at seven or eight years old in a boarding school for a period of time which was really tough for both of us as I, as we recall and that book was really important it was one of my lifelines at that time and i remember i i know we've talked lee about you know music really helping us through difficult times especially in our childhood actually and, and you know you can uh, it can really get you through a, a difficult time um, and this book helped me through that difficult time I've always, I'd lost it for many years and went on the internet and had rediscovered it I found a copy of it on the internet and lo and behold it turned up in the post and it was like someone had come back from the dead it was just an astonishing thing to open those pages again and then of course the lyrics flooded out um when i was one as soon as i heard this beautiful music that rick had composed wow Gorgeous. and of course rosie was on it as well and then rose is mm. on it yeah, yeah talking talking some of the story and her voice my daughter's voice morphs into my voice so it's, it's a deeply personal song and but magical too you know yeah. I, I think it could be the it could be it could be in a film couldn't it, it could yeah. be in a, a, oh, a, a sort of film about uh, you know winter wonderland snowy kind of film with Very mountains and it's definitely got that the snow queen or something a, a yeah, yeah, the quality. Snow queen. yeah it's that that dreamy quality again thinking about it as you were talking the other song that i think it shares a dna with is dream sequence from yeah, catch as yeah, catch yeah, can that's yeah. so true there's there's something yeah. in that linking those mm. two songs together mm. for me we'll move on to a song that's probably been one of the ones done the most and it's it must be so hard to approach in terms of putting a wild stamp on it which is last christmas Oh, well, we all miss George very uh, terribly, um, and it's it's always lovely to have a little homage to to George every, every year when we. Yeah, when it whispered it. to us, um, it shouted at us actually to do it, and um, it's uh, the, it's, a, it's such a classic Christmas song. It's the Christmas song that everyone loves and wants to hear, isn't it? And actually, it's sort of quite reminiscent of Four Letter Word too, isn't it? It yeah, has the same yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah. And actually yeah. a couple of times we sort of morphed the two songs together, but wow. um, we, I think we did that once or twice. But actually, really this is this song just stands on its own. Yeah. We gave it our three-part harmony vibe. We kept it very simple. Yeah, it's really more of a, an, an homage yeah. to George than kept anything it true. else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, faithful I think yeah. is how I'd put that one. Yeah. So we're going to skip on a couple of years. You take Wild Winter Songbook out on the road a a couple
couple of in a couple of different sort of ways. But along the way, on that journey, you you meet Lawnmower Death, yes. and you were talking about how you know Marty, your dad, you you wanted to bring him into a, to a song that people wouldn't associate him with. I don't think many people would put Kim Wilde and Lawnmower Death together but you did and you came up with a Christmas an anti-Christmas single if there's such a thing called F.U. Christmas <laughs> <laughs> actually it was the first F.U. Christmas was the first thing we recorded in Rick's doghouse studios when oh, they were built yeah, and, um, so. and I said what a great way to kind of way to christen, the, christen yeah. the, the crib <laughs> In the crib. That's so how cute. how does that how did that happen? How did that song happen? How did that collaboration happen? Well, they did a version of Kids in America, and I, I, I always get asked. I mean, the question I get asked uh, after what was it like meeting Michael Jackson? <laughs> I get asked. Um, well, cross that who, one out. What, so cover, yeah. ver- what cover version of Kids in America do you like the most, or least? You know. So I and I always would say Lawnmower Death because it has so much. It has all the excitement, the original excitement we had when we recorded it first and it has all the irreverence and it has um, all the rock and roll of course but it's completely bonkers too which I totally relate to somehow (laughs) and so does Rick and anyway so we love Lorne Murder from that that moment on Um, A Few Christmas sort of like just developed over the years you know we just you know Pete just keeps you know he's full of crazy ideas I got to actually go on stage with him at Download and um, and did um, Terrifying? No, I had so much fun doing down there because we were doing, um, we were doing an eighties pop concert only a few miles away. So I had to like jump in the car, go down to download, um, join all these nutters on stage, and uh, (laughs) watch out, Grandma! Here comes a little little lawnmower. Watch out, Grandma! She's gonna knock your head right off. So, yeah, I was singing songs like that with, with Lawnmower Death. And then all of a sudden I was going back and singing in Cambodia and View from a Bridge. It was a very bizarre You can day. hear on some, like, hope, hope footage that people have taken on YouTube of people filming the part that you've come on. It's that moment when they've gone, oh, no, it really is her. It's actually her. Yeah, when yeah. you hear them realising it's not someone dressed up as you, it's actually really you. Oh, it was really me. They couldn't on. believe it. The crowd went absolutely crazy. It was one yeah. of my favourite gigs I've ever done in my life. But I, I have, I know, I made a connection with them via Twitter when I got first got onto Twitter with Pete and the band and and um, yeah we've done a few we've done download of course we've done a few things a few Christmas just was um, don't know how that happened actually. <laughs> They appeared at your lovely Manchester yeah. gig at Christmas. I don't know, they we had so much fun one. recording oh, we that did, song. Yeah. It was yeah. crazy. And a video too, that's fun. Do you remember oh, the video yeah, shoot? We, yeah. we, there's a, a pub, pub in Hitchin, yeah. yeah. Pub oh, in yeah, Hitchin. Yeah, that's and, great. Um, and we just, uh, I, I think they chucked everybody out about 10 o'clock and we rolled in and <laughs> set up all the cameras and they're till about 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, and it was so yeah, much fun. Yeah, that was great. great. And then, uh, yeah, we had a few family members around the table and we um, we had a few friends, our mate, Colin, behind the bar serving the pints <laughs> yeah. and um, yeah we had a really oh, fun time oh we had time. real fun doing yeah. that yeah. so in terms of life left in Wild Winter Songbook I think it's it's going to be a timeless one it will keep with the gift that keeps on giving I think but I, well, be- for- I believe you might have something extra special well, this year but actually I mean uh, the song we haven't talked about which is Deck the Halls oh, yeah. um, and that is actually one of my most favourite songs it? on the album and Deck the Halls um, started again on the piano and uh, then was very inspired by one of my favourite songwriters Todd Rundgren and then I just sort of took it somewhere else um, to call it Angel Sing and then we worked with a beautiful choir on it eventually and 
um, I, I'd finished the song and I brought it into the studio for Rick to hear and then Rick suggested this key change just as the choir comes in massively and it lifted the whole song do you remember mm. Rick and one moment it was really a lovely song but then it became something else very I think anyway it's my favourite song probably I've ever been involved wow. in writing yeah. Yeah. And, um, and the choir on it as well it sounds and so the, also the choir parts it was wonderful writing those as well that was a really new experience for me to write choir parts and um so yeah, um, there's something very special about that song, yeah. and I, I really, I ended up singing it on uh, songs of praise, mm. which you know, never thought in a million years I'd end up on a, a church, you know, church-led program on TV, um, but it felt really right, and it gives gives me hope that maybe choirs will take it on mm. uh, as a song in decades to come. It's it's it is, it's, it's, a, it's like a hymn, isn't it? Yeah, like it's a hymn. a hymn. Yeah, I think those songs are. All, all of the songs, particularly your original songs on that album, are going to be hymns for us for for, for many years to come. And it's I hope so. it's it's the album. When I think of my own household, it is without question the only album I can honestly say that the only album that cuts through the generations in yeah. terms of it's the one that everyone can agree on in terms yes. of yes we can all listen to this oh, and, and get yes, something from great? it that's a yeah. great compliment and that's exactly what we wanted to achieve Yeah, and for years to come I, I think we'll all be listening to it it's the one that's going to come out first every year Kim you and I have talked before about other Christmas albums and Sean Colvin's Christmas album is yes. one that comes out for us every, every year but I think yours is right in there in, in oh, the that's one that's such wonderful thing well to we also we, um, we, we had a, an acoustic tour last year in Germany yes. and UK um, and it was, it's so lovely to, they're so lovely to sing and perform um, yeah. and so that, I think that's something that we, we really look forward to doing more Again. of yeah. in, in the future and of course we've just recorded a Christmas concert in a yes, tell us, tell us. cruise and musicians during this really difficult year that we've had um, so there's a few charities that are yes, making stage hand and crew nation yeah, stage so this is, this is the trend for 2020 through no other option but a live stream recorded event would that be right yeah it's um it's not dissimilar to the the gigs that we did last the, the acoustic a, yeah. tour um same kind of arrangements a few little changes here and there and um and some old hits and some old hits and how's well, that going yeah. to be put out there how are we going to get to it's going to be uh live streamed on YouTube, on YouTube on the 18th of December. Wow, what a so perfect Christmas start, present. We'll, we'll start yeah. making, um, yeah, we'll start publicising it soon. <laughs> I guess we've got to get on with it. Yeah, we should do, yeah, yeah. But it's lovely just to be sitting together and singing again, you know. We oh, haven't, we haven't done that for so long because of, uh, for obvious reasons. So let's talk so about the uh, year that wasn't in, t- in terms of 2020. Oh, it, it's, yeah, it's such a it, shame. We was. know you had some grand plans. We had a Greatest Hits album uh, in the making and a Greatest yeah. Hits tour. Yeah. They've all been put back. How how have plans changed? What can you tell us about what you think 2021 might look like? I think the greatest hits is coming out. Um, I think the plan is for it to come out in May. I think the greatest hits tour is is um, rescheduled for 
or autumn yeah. of next year, um, all the things being well. And um, anything about the greatest hits that you can tell us? Any surprises? There's anything a few new? More new songs that we're, we've added, um, which we'll be putting on, um, and one really exciting duet, which I can't say too much about right now, but it's very exciting, um, and we're very proud of it, and hoping that everyone's going to love, love, love it. So yes, we're very excited about next year. Uh, it was a tough year, watching it all just mm. on ice. But actually, some great things have come around about it because of yeah. the, the time we've had to just breathe in um, to look at the project. And so uh, um, there has been a proper silver lining on the cloud of this year. And you've kept creating as well, Ricky. You've had a bit of a good year, may I say, in terms of yes. becoming the the the. I've decided to appoint you as the sort of king of synthwave, as it were, the grandfather. Uh, Grandfather, <laughs> okay, if you like, however you wish. So you had hey, an. Well, how about Godfather? And then Godfather, <laughs> we like it. Yeah, I prefer that. Yeah. yeah. So you've been part of um, spoiler alert for anyone that follows my blog. What will be my album of the year, which will be Nina's synth oh, album? Oh, that's lovely. Too, yeah. that's um, lovely two tracks that involve it deserves you. It. It's a great album. It does. Yeah. So what? What a great time for it to yeah. happen as well, yeah. Rick. In terms of. No, she's amazing, Nina. She's got a. A beautiful voice and um she's a lovely kid as well and i had a wonderful experience with them coming up to the um, to my studios the doghouse and um yeah we had a lovely couple of days just uh writing and yeah came up with runaway and gave up on us gave up on us and then what followed which i think has made nina's year as much as anything else when i chat to her is the fact that we we have you knocked it out of the park on a remix of the wire bringing kim into the mix well nina was told me she was doing the remix album and um asked me if i'd like to remix one of them so I thought, well, the obvious choice would be one of mine that I've written. But I thought, well, no, I love The Wire. And I said, I'd really love to have a crack at that. And she goes, well, yeah, no, that'd be lovely. So she sent me the files over. And I love the vocals, when I, but I just heard it in a totally different way. So I just basically started from scratch with the backing track and um, re-recorded everything. And then I phoned up Kimmy and I said, look, I'm doing this thing and I really hear your voice on it. Is it something you'd be up for doing? And she goes, send the track over and I'll tell you. And she had to listen to it. She said, absolutely love it and I'd love to be involved. But also, I loved why when I heard the album. Mm. It's such a good track. Rick, you know, Rick had phoned me up and said, which songs were you loving? And why stood out for me. Um, it's very so different to the rest of the album, I think, the original version of it. It's It's... It's not as consistent as the rest of it. It's got yeah. something sli- yeah. very slightly different. Yeah, I, I can see us doing it live at some point. You know, I really oh, hope that, that would be really amazing. That. That'd be such fun. What? And, and I know what an would, event! Would, it would be uh, thrilled to do. That. I have to tell yeah. you a funny story about the the Wire remix, though, just to share with our with our listeners. So when Ricky sent it to me to have a listen to, he said the vibe I was going for. Now, what I think he meant to say and type was Evanescence, the <laughs> female fronted rock band. Yes, but unfortunately. Unfortunately, the word that he typed always changed was effervescent. So it always became the effervescent song, and I would always send him a gif of a of a Aspro Clear <laughs> because it's what I think of every time I hear the song now as a result of his mistyping when sending the song through. Well, it is effervescent. It's, it has, absolutely, it, is. it wasn't a typing error. I meant to you say you meant that. to call it that. I did. Um, we're going to wrap with, um, and I don't mean wrap in the Eminem sense, but we're going to finish with a, a very 
quick and hilarious Christmas quiz, which these two lovely people know absolutely nothing about oh, before we lovely. start. I like so quizzes. if I told you that five Christmas days over your musical career, you have been in the UK charts. So on the tem- December the 25th, you have been in the charts five times over the course of your career. You're looking really blankly at me, the pair of you already before we start. So I'm going to give you some clues, and I'm going to tell you the year, and you're going to tell me which track was in the charts on Christmas Day when I tell you the year. Our tracks. Your tracks. Okay. 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 So you were number 17 in 1981. What song was in the charts on Christmas Day in 1981? You get one crack at each, and I'll tell you who's right and who's wrong. Uh, Let's go for Cambodia. I'm going to go for... View from a bridge. So it's one point to Ricky. Oh, Come on, go. Kim. So it was Cambodia. <laughs> we'll let Kim go first on the next one. So in 1986, you were there at number 28 with what song? It was coming down the chart at that point. 86. 86. I haven't got a clue. Not a clue. I mean, it's too soon for hanging on, isn't it? And that went. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> quite a long time before we made it. Might have been. You, can you keep me hanging on? Correct! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> um, 1987, you were number three. Oh, there you go. So, what oh, okay. were you in the charts with in 1987? Number three. Big hit at Christmas in 1987. Is that Rocking Around the Christmas Was it Rocking Around? It, it absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. Crikey. Two more to go. 1988. So the next year on, you were number 14 with a song that went to peak after Christmas at number six in the January. But you were on the way up in 1988. No, it wasn't You Came, no. (laughs) (laughs) Never trust a stranger. Nice try. It was four-letter words. Of course. And then finally, and I've got no hope of you getting this one if you didn't get the other ones, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, In 1990, you were in the charts, at the tail end of the charts, for the last time at Christmas. 1990. 1990. Beautiful ballad, a Kim composition, a bit of a guest vocalist on backups. I can't say goodbye. Well done! And that concludes our proceedings for oh, well today. Done, Lee. So hey, well, thanks this has so much. been it's an with, absolute dream of uh, mine. It really has. I was so enjoyed doc- talking about this album. Documenting your classic Wild Winter Songbook album, which lives on. Um, get yourself a vinyl copy, people, if you possibly can, because it's worth it. The packaging, the artwork, the vinyl itself, everything about it is is stunning, and the songs sound amazing when played on vinyl. We'll look forward yeah. to your acoustic set, and we will be so ready to rock and roll with you oh. next year. It's going to be so emotional for all of us. Oh, all of us. When you are back on that stage and we are all back in the room, um, uniting again. It'll be a magical time. And and all listeners, I want to wish you a really very Merry Christmas uh, and have a lovely festive holiday. Whatever you're doing, and we'll be back next year. And um, and in the meantime, why don't you give this album a little listen if you've not heard it before? I think you might be pleasantly surprised. I would endorse that and say it's not the Christmas album you think it's going to be. Whatever you think you know about Kim and Ricky Wilde, suspend that thought and give this album yes. a spin from, from start to finish and you're in for some lovely surprises. Yeah, it's full of surprises. Oh, it is. It's like a real chocolate box of stuff, Apps. isn't it? It's the advent yeah. musical advent calendar you all need. <laughs> we're, we're, we're very proud of it. And, um, but, uh, but thank you, Lee, for, for coming up today. and uh, I really appreciate it. And, My um, honour. Yeah, and 
to help make it another fantastic episode. And we'll be back hopefully with more Unsung Heroes, fingers Absolutely. crossed, in 2021. Absolutely. Yeah. I look forward to that too. Oh, well, thank you, Kim, and thank you, Leigh. Um, Real pleasure. Lots of love, and happy Christmas happy to everyone. Happy Christmas, everyone. Happy Christmas, Lee. Happy Christmas, everybody. Bye. Bye. Well, that was lovely, wasn't it? And it's so lovely for Kim and I to look back on those beautiful memories of recording the album. And um, it's a, it's an album we're both very proud of, and um, and it's just lovely to be talking about them and to document um, how they were recorded and where the, all the ideas came from. Um, yeah, beautiful, beautiful times. Massive thanks to Kim and Lee. And um, yeah, so I will be speaking to you at the next episode of Unsung Heroes. Have a wonderful Christmas and i'll speak to you the other side lots of love guys bye you have been listening to unsung heroes with me ricky wilde jake wood and lee bennett produced and created by myself and jake wood for wildwood productions with music and editing again by myself ricky wilde Artwork by Scarlet Wild and hosted by Acast. Just to remind you that there is a link in the notes directing you to a Spotify playlist featuring all the songs we have discussed in this episode. Many thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.